Seeking for the help of the Lord, I direct your prayer for attention to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and reading for our text the last part of verse 16. Good hope through grace. The whole verse reads, Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. And the word that I desire to bring before you this evening is the foundation of a good hope and good hope through grace. It is spoken of here as being given us, given us along with everlasting consolation, good hope through grace. Now most people, even if they are not religious, have some form of hope And even if they do not even believe in God or believe in heaven or hell, they have some hopes regarding beyond the grave. But those that do believe, do believe there is a God, that there is a heaven and hell, they also have hopes. And throughout this world there are many that are hoping, hoping for heaven hoping for something beyond the grave, hoping for that which is is pleasant and good, hoping for an acceptance with God, hoping to find that access unto God. We are told in Romans that we are saved by hope, that is not hope saving us, but the realisation of that good hope gives us consolation, it gives us assurance, it gives us comfort. And also, we have said before us that there is that blessing of a hope that is beyond the grave, that is to be even rejoiced in here below. Rejoicing in hope is one of the attributes of a Christian. And so... May we look at the word, I want to look at the word this evening just under two headings. Firstly, the reason, the need of a good hope, not just any hope, but a good hope. And then secondly, a scriptural foundation of a good hope. But firstly, the need of a good hope. We would remember that we in Adam are under the sentence of death. We are under condemnation. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And that after death there is the judgment. And it is vital for us that we have a good hope because of that, to be able to stand before the judgment seat 
and be found faultless and find that acceptance with God. We have eternity before us. This is but time that we are in. We sung of hope as belonging to time. The Lord's people, when time shall be no more, that hope is turned to sight and are realising the blessings. But eternity is before us. And when we think of that, time shall be no more, never-ending eternity, that is another reason for not just any hope, but a good hope. Another reason for it is that we have a heart that is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. It is so liable to deceive us in that which is so vital and so important. We read in the lead up to our text of those that do not receive the truth in the love of it. And God in judgment, he gives them over to strong delusions that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. And when we read of that solemn judgment, May our thought be, Lord, give me a good home. Leave me not to be deceived. These things are set before us in the word of those that are deceived and have no really good hope at all, but damnation awaiting them. And so we have also a reason for that good hope because of the cases that are set before us in the Word. We think of our Lord telling of the ten virgins, five wise, five foolish. They all slumbered and slept. They were all waiting for the coming of the Lord. When at midnight there was the cry made, Go ye out to meet the bridegroom. Bridegroom cometh. Then there were five of them that... When they went to trim their lamps, they said, Our lamps have gone out. They took no oil with their vessels, with their lamps. And so they asked of those that had their oil with their lamps that they could borrow that. And they said, No, lest there not be enough for us, but go rather buy and sell. And when they went, then the bridegroom came, the door was shut, and no entrance given unto them depart I never knew you and we get a solemn picture of those that all seemed the same all seemed waiting you might say all slumbered and slept as well but there was a difference with them and it wasn't found out until the Lord came they all had the lamp of a profession but only five had grace with that profession only five had a supply from heaven. The rest was just in their own hands, just an outward profession of religion. Then we think of those our Lord spoke of who came before him at the last day and said, Lord, Lord, open to us. The Lord had said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven 
And he had those that came and said, Open to us. Thou hast taught in our streets, we have been called by thy name. But the Lord said, Depart from me, I never knew you, all ye that work iniquity. When we read these accounts, we should see the need of a good hope, not a hope like they had, that when it was too late, it was found out as being wrong. And it wasn't owned of God. God did not know about it at all. The need of a good hope is to have a hope that God honours. That is a scriptural hope. A hope that answers our need as sinners and answers our need of before whom we must stand before whom we must give an account. And only a hope like that will ever do us any good. You imagine if someone said to us that they could bring us before the king or queen and uh, we relied upon them. Our hope was that they would speak for us. But unknown to us, they did not have any access, any real authority with the king or queen at all. And when we got there and sought to have access, then we didn't get it at all. It would be vital for us if we were to gain access to have someone that not only knew us, but knew and had a standing with the king and queen as well. It's very easy and many times through life we can have our hopes raised upon certain things and that hope is dashed. Sometimes it is because we are trusting in man that cannot be trusted, are promises that are broken. Other times it is that that hope has just been a thought in our own mind and not had any foundation to it at all. And so there is a need, a vital need. This is not something just concerning time, it's not just concerning our bodies, but it is concerning our eternal state, our eternal home, whether it is forever in hell or forever with the Lord, whether it stands before God or whether it falls before God. We need a good hope and we need a hope as set before us in our text here which is a hope through grace. Good hope through grace. The free unmerited favour of God. So I want to then look at what a Good hope is. And really, in one way, I tremble to bring the word in this way. Uh, I do not want to in any way uh, set things before you that are wrong and not right and takes away a good hope where it is there or to set forth a standard that is not right. And so I would say right at the outset that a good hope is based upon the word of God, not upon what a minister says, 
not upon what anyone else says, but the word of God. And if we really value our souls, we should look to the scriptures and what the scriptures set forth is a good hope. It may be, it may be that my remarks this evening direct in some way of how where to to look for that good hope. Well, it comes, I want to put it under two heads. Firstly, a foundation of hope that is outside of ourselves, that work of our Lord Jesus Christ, and then secondly, that work that is inside us, that which is done by way of grace and of calling. So but first, the vital thing is that which is our hope outside of ourselves in the scriptures and the gospel set before us in the scriptures. Perhaps at the outset to kind of do a bit of a comparison, it's easy for us if we've always attended the means of grace to maybe not realise how what a difference there is between those who may have come completely from outside. They, they haven't, the early church, as the apostles went forth and they were preaching the gospel, beforehand those people were trusting in idols. They were trusting in gods that were no gods at all. They were leaning upon uh, that was very openly anyone that knew the scriptures could say if you are trusting in that then you will never ever stand at the last day so when we think of coming under the sound of the gospel that is in one sense the first step or first pointers going in the right way. I believe that is where the Apostle Paul, when he spoke in Acts 17 to those at Athens who were going after the idols to and altars to all manner of gods, and he declared unto them the unknown God that they worshipped, that he said that in the time past God winked at that ignorance, but now commandeth all men to repent. In other words, pointing not just the Jews, but every nation and kindred and tongue to believe and know that there is no salvation in any other but in the Lord Jesus Christ and in the gospel of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. So before any of the particular doctrines are known, before anything else is explained it's brought into the compass of the scriptures the compass of the God of heaven and of earth and of our Lord Jesus Christ and our expectation of a hope is narrowed in to there and so all of those that have been looking at every other direction they are now brought in that far you know Imagine if we were looking for something that was hidden or that was lost. 
And if, if we are told, well, it is somewhere in Cranbrook, that would be a very large area to look. But then if someone narrowed it down for us and said, well, actually, it is in this particular close, that's where it is. That would narrow it down tremendously to go to that area. Now you're just looking in that area, not everywhere else where you're not going to ever expect to find, find what you're looking for at all. And so when we come to the scriptures and we come to the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ already, we are excluding many, many wrong ways, many false hopes, many things that send so many to uh, perdition and eternal ruin. And so we have the uh, apostle when he writes to the Colossians and he speaks of the hope of the gospel. In Colossians chapter 1 and verse 23, he says, If ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away, from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. So there is the first definition of a good hope is the good hope of the gospel, the gospel of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ, foretold by the prophet Joel who prophesied that the Lord will be the hope of his people. And that certainly is the case in the Gospel. Our hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. This was the first promise, the seed of the woman that should bruise the serpent's head. So we're looking there, the same as what uh, Paul testified when he gave his uh, own Uh, called by grace and testimony in Acts 26, he says, And now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made of God unto our fathers. And that promise, of course, was rehearsed right through the scriptures, the coming of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. And our hope then is based upon Christ's work. His work, not our work. That which he has accomplished upon this earth, that which he did in his perfect life and obedience, even unto death, the death of the cross, the hope in the blood that was shed on Calvary's tree, the hope of the scriptures being fulfilled, that without the shedding of blood there is no remission, But the Lord Jesus Christ, when I see the blood, I will pass over you, the Paschal Lamb. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Or John Baptist's testimony, Behold the Lamb of God, that taketh away the sin of the world. The hope of the people of God is outside of them, outside of their works, outside of their frames, their feelings, but is centred upon the finished work of our Lord Jesus Christ. The hope goes right back to eternity, chosen in him from the foundation of the world, 
right back to the everlasting love of God. I love thee with an everlasting love, and therefore with loving kindness have I drawn thee. The hope then is a hope outside of ourselves in Christ alone. And that is vital for us to realise that, to and we, we've sung in the hymn of those that are given that hope that though they have changes, though they have snares and troubles and tribulations, that hope is standing firm. The Apostle says, which hope we have as an anchor of the steadfast. is God's That which he promised to Abraham, that is preached on the foundation of all of the promises and being fulfilled in Christ and fulfilled at Calvary, there is a hope not on something unfinished, but on what already is finished and already is done. And so our hope, if it is a good hope, our hope must be built on that. Other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ and him crucified. Our testimony of hope must all centre upon Christ's work. But then there's a second aspect to it, and that is a foundation of hope in us. And to be clear in that, it's God's work in us. When we think of the text that we have before us. We have from verse 14, whereunto he called you by our gospel. He called you to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you have been taught whether by word or by or our epistle. Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace. It is something that the Lord has taken and given to us, imparted to us. He has given that good hope. He has given everlasting consolation. He has made known his love to us. And the first thing mentioned there is calling. And so when we go back to Paul's letter to the Ephesians, he says to them, in chapter 1 and verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And there is pointed that hope that is belonging and joined with the calling of God. You hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins. The irresistible grace of God. 
that which the Lord has done. As much as we said the first part of the foundation of the hope is in what Christ has done upon Calvary's tree outside of us, so the second part is what God has done in us, what he has actually wrought in us by his irresistible grace. When Paul writes to the Philippians, he says, He which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. It is a work begun in the new birth, giving of life, giving of a hearing ear, giving of that sign and token, my sheep, they hear my voice, they follow me, hearing the word of the Lord. You think in the letters to the churches in the Revelation, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. It's not an ordinary thing. It's not a natural thing to hear the word of the Lord. In the latter days we are told there shall be a famine, not of bread and of water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. Sadly, in many places of worship, that literally is so. The word of God is hardly read. But there's not only just a hearing of it outwardly, it's hearing of it with power, with authority. We read that faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of the Lord. And the the word did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. The word of God is to profit the people of God. And when it does start to profit, when the hearing ear is given, when it is fulfilled that all thy children shall be taught of the Lord, great shall be the peace of thy children, And we begin to be taught line upon line, here a little and there a little, going away from the house of God. And so I learned one thing today. Something has been taught me and maybe it's joined together with what has happened in the week or what will happen in the following week. All things work together for good to them that love God. You think of the prophets how many times They were brought down to Jordan or to the potter's house or to somewhere and there they had to hear the word of the Lord. And they were taught in that way. And we are taught by experience as well. Those things that we pass through, those things that we feel and know in our own souls, the Lord teaches. We know also that the Lord draws his people. We know what it is if you have a magnet and you put a piece of metal near it and there's a force between, there's nothing between, no string or anything like that, and the metal will be drawn to the magnet and we know what that force is. Well, the Lord said, None can come unto me except the Father which sent me draw him and I'll raise him up at the last day. Do we know what it is to be drawn to the word of God? Drawn to the people of God. Now Ruth was drawn to Naomi, wasn't she? One of her own relatives, uh, mother-in-law. And it is that drawing that draws the 
people of God together, gathers the people of God together, being let go, they went unto their own company. These Thessalonians, it was said in the first epistle, uh, the effect of the preaching of the word. Our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. And we're reading of the effects of the gospel on sinners, on people. We're reading the description of a call, something that the Lord knows about, that he is the author about. And there will be a, a counter bit to that too for the people of God. There'll have times that they feel so hard, so cold, so prayerless, so unmoved, so untouched by the word. Sometimes the Lord answers that. If, if a poor soul is troubled and they ask of the Lord, Lord, is it a real work? Art thou working in my heart? Hast thou begun in my heart? And you think you're going to have an answer in a certain way, and the way the Lord answers it, he withdraws what he is doing in the heart. He, he takes away his grace, his influence from you, so that you don't feel it, and you're left to your own hard self. As if the Lord would say, you doubted, you didn't know whether that was my work or not, so I'll take my work away and now see how you go. And you wonder why you can't pray and the word is hard and you've no appetite and you can't profit from the ministry and you don't feel the love to the people of God anymore. And you think, what's gone wrong? How's the Lord answered my prayer like this? The Lord has shown you what we are without his grace and without his help. And in the Lord's time and appointed way, he comes again and softens the heart and draws the soul after him. We need a source above. We need that outside of ourselves to keep alive our soul. No man is able to keep alive his own soul. The Lord told the parable of the vine that the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, neither can ye except ye abide in me. And that cleaving to the Lord, from me is thy fruit found. So a good hope is that which is wrought within, and the Lord is pleased to give that witness of the Spirit. In Romans 8 we uh, have the uh, testimony of the Spirit of God bearing witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And that is vital. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And through that chapter 8, how many witnesses there is there? How are we walking after the flesh, after the Spirit? Where is our hope? Where is our security? And then that beautiful golden chain of which the calling is in the midst of it. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. 
Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. When you get the calling, then there can be looking back and looking forward. And that good hope is that that calling is right in the middle of that golden chain. And the Lord has said that he which hath begun a good work, yes, in time past, but in time in calling, will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. He will own the work of his own hands. A good hope also is not just a hope beyond the grave. It's a hope that is realised day by day as we desire the life of God within, the consolations of the gospel, grace to help in time of need, leading and teaching. Those are things that we are hoping not just beyond the grave, but hoping that the Lord will appear for us here below. And every time the Lord does appear, every time he does let us know it is his work, this is the Lord's doing and is marvellous in our eyes. The thing proceedeth from the Lord. The saints of old have been able to look upon the Lord's work and testify that this is his work. This is what he has done. When Barnabas went to Antioch and he saw the grace of God, he was glad because he knew it was the Lord's work. It was not man's work. It was God's work. And so it is vital for us that we do have an inward work, but even then we must be careful because we do not want to have a hope that is just based upon frames and feelings, that one moment we're the people of God and the next moment we're not. We're to realise our heart will move at his command and that where the Lord does work by grace is a much, much deeper foundation than ever is in us. It goes right down to the everlasting love of God. You already quoted that of Jeremiah 31 verse 3. Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love, and therefore with loving kindness have I drawn thee. And we are to... Remember, and it is faith that lays hold upon these promises, that that which the Lord works in our heart has a foundation that is very, very deep. It's laid in the Lord Jesus Christ, in his eternal love, in his sufferings, in his death, in his purposes. Father, I will that they whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may see my glory. It's a great blessing to have those tokens. My sheep, they hear my voice, they follow me. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. And then we can come to those precious promises, those promises of inheritance that is incorruptible, undefiled, reserved in, in heaven for us. To know that when this earthly uh, tabernacle is destroyed. We have a temple eternal in the heavens. To know that our Redeemer lives, 
to know that there are in heaven many mansions and the Lord has said that he will come again and receive us unto himself that where he is there we shall be also. It is a blessed thing to live in that exercise of faith as that long cloud of witnesses in Hebrews 11 in the middle of that chapter there's a sweet summary of faith, real faith, upon which hope is based. These, uh, through, uh, these all died in faith, from verse 13, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were persuaded of them, embraced them. How many promises have you and I seen in the word of God? We've embraced them and we've been persuaded of them But then it goes on and confess that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, in heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. And we have a picture of faith that views this world as a wilderness, that views us as pilgrims through it, strangers to it. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. A prepared people for a prepared place. The Lord weaning off the world, bring about providences that cast a vanity upon the things of time and making that soul long and desire that eternal mansions the Lord has prepared. is hope that is based upon the Lord's work in Christ, Christ's work upon, the Calvary, upon Calvary and Christ's work in us, the Spirit's work quickening, calling, and day by day, this is the hope that we have, Christ in us, Christ formed in us, the hope of glory. So may we, when we view the word that is before us here, good hope through grace, that we might know that the hope that we have is a good hope. And may remember as well that our text is not in isolation. The things that are joined with it there, those things that are given us as well, the love of God, the consolations of God, are joined with that. And the desire of the Apostle that hearts be comforted and established in every good word and work. The Lord's work in a sinner is a perfect work, a good work, and he will have regard to the work of his own hands. And may we have a regard to the work of his own hands, and that our hope be built upon Christ and his work. May the Lord add his blessing. Amen.